The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. And joining us now, as he does each and every Friday, is John Daigle of 4 for 4 in Betsperts. John, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with the fam. So when we break out our notebooks or, say, my Word document that I have on my computer, and I'm putting together all the lessons learned from yesterday, how apprehensive should we be about the Detroit Lions going forward? Was yesterday a fluke, or are there lessons to be learned in terms of, say, key props that maybe we should start to fade? It's something I've been watching closely as we get more towards the playoffs because we're trying to separate the contenders from the pretenders here. And that's not just cliche. Like we know there are some teams that will get into the wild card round. They may win based on who they draw and then they'll get absolutely blown out in the divisional round. And I I genuinely am, although their offense with Ben Johnson and the talent they have around them is exciting. I'm really worried about the Lions defense actually making them contenders because now, and I believe we talked about it a little bit last week, but it is Geno Smith in week two, Lamar Jackson at home in Baltimore, and Justin Herbert most recently that had over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. Then go to Justin Fields, who didn't get there through the air. He didn't reach over 200 yards, but he still completed 70% of his passes and rushed for over 100. And then yesterday, Uh, No hyperbole. That was the best game of Jordan Love's career. And so it seems the Lions defense just gets worse as we move along. Not only that, but the turnovers now have become an issue too for Jared Goff, taking them out of games. So yes, I am really worried about the Lions futures moving forward. Yeah, those turnovers just continue to be such an issue and they're losing games because of them. Um, Speaking of a contender, Cowboys continue to look very good but against bad teams like against I guess we'll see in two weeks when they face Philly but do you see them as being a legit contender down the stretch here and possibly a shot to win the Super Bowl um just because we haven't seen consistency from them throughout the previous years here it's definitely encouraging that they're taking care of business. And I, I think that's important for this entire season. Uh, I don't have the metrics on me, but I guarantee you, we've never seen this amount of blowouts um, in at least the last decade where teams just comfortably beat their opponents by 20 plus points. And the Cowboys consistently do that. That's what makes me uh, encouraged by their performances, even against weaker opponents. Not only that, But I'm still looking, and I got this at 22 to 1 a couple weeks ago ahead of the Panthers game. I got it again at 16 to 1 on Monday. I still think people should, right now at BetMGM, give Dak Prescott for MVP a very hard look because think about what they're doing right now on offense. The Cowboys are even passing at the league's fifth highest rate with a two score lead. They don't even run the ball to pad their leads anymore. 
They just give it to Dak to take care of business through the air, even in the second half. Not only that, but Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, the Cowboys' week 14 and 15 opponent, have better numbers for MVP right now. And if the Cowboys take care of business and beat those two opponents, I could see Dak surging. Right now, I really do think it comes down to Brock Purdy and Prescott, although they're both of their numbers still lack. I think they're the two favorites. Those are the only two people I'm really considering for MVP right now. And at least in terms of primetime television, Dak did it yesterday. Brock did not. No doubt about it. No, I think that's a, a great look. And I know something that Joe and I have been talking about extensively throughout the season, yeah. and especially what Dak has been doing in, against man coverage. Uh, you can't ignore it. Uh, definitely. It's something uh, to behold. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts for a little bit because uh, he is the leader right now, uh, favorite to win MVP. Uh, but at the same time, uh, that was not a great performance by him on Monday. And yes, he is going up against a completely beaten up Bills defense. Uh, but there may be some question marks because of what they may not have at the tight end position where they're having to adjust personnel a good bit. And so when we're talking about the Bills and the Eagles, what are you expecting from Hertz? And what are you expecting from this game that you want to pounce on? I am on the square side, and I absolutely hate it. I, I get it why people are betting the Bills plus the three points. I think it's a good number. I think there are quite a few people that are going to be on either side of this matchup. But to me, although Hertz has not been efficient whatsoever on the ground, I still think he's very clearly injured with that knee ailment as well. Uh, against the Chiefs, at least, it was an opponent-specific game plan. That was a season-low 22 pass attempts out of the bye compared to 27 carries for Philadelphia. That's how they were going to try and beat the Chiefs. And I'm still upset that I didn't get that number covered because the Chiefs should have put 30-plus <laughs> points on the Eagles and won that game comfortably, if not for all the boneheaded mistakes. That's another futures bet, by the way. If we get the Chiefs and the Eagles in the Super Bowl again, I mean, the Chiefs short any number of the field goal. We just have to make it our biggest bet of the year because they should mm -hmm. dominate that matchup. Uh, having said that, I think the injuries for the Bills are still too much to overcome here. And yes, again, Jalen Hurts has been getting there with bunny carries for touchdowns. But in terms of like explosive runs, that's not there this year at all, especially the second half of the season. But with Dane Jackson and Micah Hyde still in concussion protocol, with now uh, more players banged up to Teron Johnson resting at home, thankfully, comfortably, I just I don't understand how the Bills can stop the Eagles offense on any possession. And that's kind of where my read is here. But again, if someone like you, Ed, if, if you have the Bills plus three, I totally get it. I get the number, but I'm on the other side here. Yeah, I um, was going to bet the Bills plus three. Um, because it's it. kind of a sandwich spot. Or a sleepy mm -hmm. spot for the Eagles with with the Cowboys coming up next, and then the 49ers, like, and coming off that big win over the Chiefs. So, like, maybe this would be the letdown spot, but that would be my only handicap for taking the Bills is that the spot for Philly isn't great. Uh, what about speaking of the Chiefs uh, last week that the Eagles played? Their offense. Everyone's all concerned about uh, the Chiefs' offense isn't going to be able to bring them back to a Super Bowl. You had Marquez Valdez scanting, you know, drop that touchdown pass last week. A couple red zone turnovers. Are you as concerned about this Chiefs' offense as maybe some of the uh, talking heads on TV? 
I am, but I also, unlike the talking heads on TV, I'm aware the second half of their schedule is enough to get this thing right because they're not going to be threatened by anyone. They can go ahead and keep running Justin Watson out there and tinker around with Rasheed Rice's usage and figure this thing out. You have this upcoming week where they are on the road in Las Vegas, but they're still nine-and-a-half-point favorites, nine-point favorites, last I checked at BetMGM. Then after that, the Packers, uh, the Patriots, the Raiders again, the Bengals without a quarterback, and the Chargers that are already just so banged up. I can't imagine what position they'll be in in Week 18. So, I think the schedule is simple enough right now where they can still tinker around, figure this thing out, and the Chiefs still finishing as the number one seed in the AFC is still a comfortable bet, in my opinion, just because no one is going to push back while they continue to sort out what's wrong. But yes, to your point, Chelsea, it's a, it is, of course, an issue that the Browns have more second-half points than the Chiefs. That's not good. Uh, no, it uh, certainly isn't. How about we talk about uh, today's game between the Dolphins and the Jets? What do you like here? I also said Kelsey. I'm sorry. I meant Kate. It's still early. I'm drinking my coffee yes. right now. I, I, I apologize. Uh, Just no, for the Jets and for the Jets and Dolphins, I, I bet the under. I'm still on the under. I believe it's moved down to 40 and a half. I bet it at 41. Mm-hmm. I think 40 and a half is still safe. Uh, you you asked what I'm looking for. Nothing. I'm going to go for a run. I'm not even going to worry about this game whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, Tim Boyle right now, like even BetMGM has minus one and a half interception props. And usually books don't even give out over minus a half an interception because they're professional (laughs) quarterbacks. Like they don't throw that. But but I will say maybe it's not a Boyle thing, although it probably is. But if I'm trying to be a little kinder, uh, at least we know the Dolphins defense with Jalen Ramsey these past around their bye, the past three games, four games, has been outstanding. Even Ramsey last week looked like more of a receiver on his two interceptions, including that game ceiling one. And now they are holding their opponents to the sixth lowest rate of touchdowns on their drives in these last three games with Jalen Ramsey. So I think the Dolphins defense is clicking at the right time. It doesn't look like we'll have Devon Achan today, which is unfortunate because I do think they need his explosiveness, even on limited touches against this Jets defense that although the Jets set themselves up for failure and seeing two years of Zach Wilson's career and not addressing that this offseason, I do feel a little bit bad for Robert Sala because he's carrying his weight in the defensive play call. This defense is absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. It's what's helping get there for the unders weekly for us, but the offense is putrid. So just bet the under. But it's funny that you bring up like you're going to be going for a run here. And I know a lot of people who are just avoiding the game altogether, either to do their Black Friday shopping or to watch college football or things like that. Like, it's so weird that we have an NFL game with a really exciting offense, uh, potentially, but I don't know a whole lot of people who are going to be watching this. And that to me is especially intriguing, not to mention, is Tim Boyle that much of a drop off from Zach Wilson? Just because, like with Wilson, yeah, he's certainly an athlete, no doubt about it, but the decision-making has always been bad. He's always been predictable as far as, like, what his progressions are supposed to look like. And I'm just curious if, like, the spread has moved too much and maybe if it's a process play to back the Jets that you might be okay just because, well, how is it going to get any worse than what they have had the last few weeks? And it's something like we do in college football, typically, where it's such a low total, but such a big number spread, where you say, like, if you think this game's going to go under, then also, how do the Dolphins get to a 10-point margin? 
So I do agree with that. And by my numbers as well, uh, Zach Wilson has been the worst quarterback in the league. Right now, you'd probably take Tommy DeVito. And I know that's recency bias based off of the softest <laughs> spot possible against the commanders. But even at least Tommy DeVito is, has improved from game to game whereas Zach Wilson mm -hmm. was only getting worse. So I do agree with that assessment. Uh, if you want to take the under and the number with the Jets, totally fine with it. Uh, you're, you're much better than I am, John, because I'm going to watch the game to avoid going on a run. You're going to do the opposite. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do any exercising today after everything I ate yesterday. Um, but this uh, Broncos team has won quite a few games in a row now all of a sudden yeah. they're looking somewhat competent made kind of turn the corner from earlier in the season but they're a favorite at home against this browns defense can uh, the broncos really have success against this browns defense and is this is this kind of the broncos team that we're going to see going forward in terms of just continuing to improve each week you would think at some point it comes back down to earth. It's so much right. harder to pinpoint, though, regression in the regular season because Russell Wilson was due this regression last year, a career-low touchdown rate, career lows across the board under Nathaniel Hackett, and thus now we're getting what is a league-high touchdown rate. So he was due. We, we could project for that. But projecting when it's going to come back to earth, I don't know because even the Broncos' offense right now, all they have are red zone tosses to Cortland Sutton, and he has to make a Hall of Fame grab to bring it down. And to be fair, he's made five of the ten best catches in the NFL this year. He's been awesome in that, in that area of the field. But at the same time, I do agree. It is a concerning spot. Having said that, although if someone were, again, to bet just a Browns money line, I, I totally get it. But I still worry that it's DTR's first career road start. Uh, in altitude against an elite Broncos unit, since that's what they have been top 10 in basically every metric you can look at ever since week five. That's when that talent started clicking in their secondary finally. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game as the total suggests. And so I still would take the Broncos money line overall. I'm just going to skip the minus one and a half, expecting a lower scoring game. But again, if someone were to bet the Browns, I get it. I think I'm on the Broncos side here, though, because I'm just really worried about Thompson Robinson in this spot. We've got a couple of minutes left here. Let's open it up. Uh, what stands out to you as far as uh, some of your favorite plays for this weekend? Really excited overall about both those Bills, Eagles, and Texans, Jaguars games. I have the over in both of those contests. And I know, imagine betting it over in 2023, although the Packers <laughs> and Cowboys, they both got us there yesterday. We were off to a hot start. Mm -hmm. But let's go to the Jaguars and the Texans because on the surface, a lot like the Bills defense, how everyone then says, oh, they look great last week, but they played against Zach Wilson. I'm still trying to temper like what the Jaguars are because their last two weeks have been blowouts in both directions. And last week, although they pressured Levis on 40% of his dropbacks, that was actually the lowest pressure rate Levis has faced over the last month since he became the team starter. So I don't even want to weigh that heavily. And if you just if you then say, well, Jaguars are not going to put Stroud under pressure, we then have a spot in a against a pass funnel defense where Stroud is working from a clean pocket. And from a clean pocket, Stroud is third in yards per attempt and one of only three quarterbacks, Tua and Patrick Mahomes included, to throw for 16 plus touchdowns when not under duress. So I really like the over in that game. I think Stroud is going to have a ton of success through the air. And also the Jaguars should bounce back on offense as well through the air now that they have their full complement of weapons. So looking to everything there, but in terms of player props, 
I do like Jalen Warren. I believe BetMGM last time I looked had longest run over 13 and a half yards. And although he's getting limited touches, it's the best spot possible. A league high and explosive run rate for Jalen Warren and a league high and explosive runs allowed for the Bengals front seven. And a new play caller for the Steelers. Perhaps yep. he gets uh, more touches that way. And so That'd that certainly would add to the variance leads harder to have a sharp number as far as that's concerned. So I love that look. John Daigle from 4 for 4 in Bettsburgs. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our preview of today's Black Friday game between the Dolphins and the Jets so that Kate doesn't have to go for a run today. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. Let's get back to the games, and let's start with the one happening today that apparently a lot of people are not going to watch. But I know I will be keeping an eye on it. It is the Dolphins and the Jets. New York, nine and a half point dogs at home with a total of 40 and a half. Tim Boyle will be getting the start at quarterback for the Jets. So, Kate, how are you playing it? I'm playing the Dolphins, not even thinking twice, laying the points with the Dolphins, taking the Dolphins team total over. My favorite is Dolphins team total over 24 and a half. I think that is a very doable number uh, for this squad, despite being on the road. Dolphins have, I mean, what's the storyline behind the Dolphins this year? They've played great against really bad teams, put up a ton of points. And this Jets team isn't just bad. Like they're really bad. Last week, 0-11 on third downs, four turnovers, six sacks. Tim Boyle coming in for Zach Wilson is not going to change that. So I think the Jets, or rather the Dolphins, are going to be on the field quite a bit today. That's going to lead to quite a bit of opportunities for points. I would I would lay the points and take the Dolphins team total over. We just heard uh, John say he likes the under in this game. I could see that happening with, with still both of those plays on the Dolphins hitting because it could just be all Miami scoring in this one and uh, nothing for New York. So I, I like the Dolphins, uh, Ed. Is that too kind of square obvious for this game i think it is i i think it is oh, come and on. as i was mentioning with i no i'm dead serious like i think you know I, I mentioned this to john uh daigle in our last segment by the way of check out our podcast wherever you podcast it was a great conversation as it always is every friday with john uh but the reason why i'm going to back the jets here i mean the under 40 and a half is probably the best play of all but the reason why i'm backing the jets is more of a process play than anything else Tim Boyle is not that much worse than Zach Wilson, but the spread has moved as though he is. It's moved, what, two and a half points, two points uh, thereabouts, just based upon this quarterback news. I don't like that move at all. And oftentimes, and others have done fantastic studies on this, we do overreact to quarterback changes. And especially in this case, like none of us really believed in Zach Wilson, right? Like maybe he had one or two good performances this year, kind of in the earlier parts of this stretch for him. But lately it's been a complete disaster. There's a reason why he was benched against Buffalo, despite that defense having just about no warm bodies to speak of. If Zach Wilson is struggling against them, then I don't know how Tim Boyle is going to be even worse than that. So just in that respect, I do think that this is just too many points and I'm willing to back the Jets here. Other reason too, and I think we need to have an honest conversation about this. This Miami offense got off to a phenomenal start, no doubt about it. They were also completely healthy and they were also fantastic on outside runs. But now when we look at the passing attack, it's starting to look like Tyreek Hill and nobody else. And to me, that's a concern in terms of just having some flexibility there. And then with the absence of Devon Achan and the fact that he just can't get right for some reason, I have some real concerns about this ground game. And those concerns were already there in terms of what we thought about the Dolphins preseason. But the fact that things just haven't been remedied just yet leads me to believe that Miami, still a great team because I think the defense is getting a good bit better. But I think it's also pointing to the fact that this offense maybe it's just not as reliable as we once thought. And I could definitely see this being like a 14 to 10 kind of ball game where you go, wow, Miami won. Clearly they're the better team, but boy, I was expecting a lot more from this offense. 
I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that. I do agree that a lot of their numbers, uh, I mean, you look at their offense, number one in points per game, total yards, passing, rushing, red zone efficiency. A lot of those numbers are heavily inflated because of that game against the Broncos earlier this season, right? You, you mm-hmm. put up tw- 70 points in a game. I, I mean, what did they have, like 800 yards in that game? Something. I mean, maybe that's way too high, but something crazy. That hasn't been the case every week. So we do kind of have to take a lot of these numbers and rankings on their offensive side with a grain of salt. That said, I I still like Miami just because we've kind of seen this script before when the Dolphins have faced like solid defenses, but really inefficient offenses. They've won. And those games were, Mm -hmm. yeah, against kind of like the Patriots and the Giants in the season, but they've still found a way to do it. And um, I don't like could could um, Tim Boyle come in and be like a Mike White situation from last year? Gives the Jets a spark and wins some games. I just don't see that happening, I guess, two seasons in a row. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I see your side, Ed. I totally do. And I get that Boyle is not that much of a downgrade from Wilson. And so the line movement there is maybe a little bit of an overreaction. But I still think the Dolphins could win this game by two touchdowns or so. I look at a passer rating for the Dolphins uh, over the last four weeks, and it's at 97 and a half, which is just above average. Uh, it's around, I believe, 12th in the NFL right now. Like, it's something where you would expect more given just the type of hot start that they had. I yeah. think it's coming back down to reality a little bit. Now, look, I don't think that we should necessarily adjust our priors when it comes to, like, our futures here. Like, if you still think the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East, like, both things can be true. The offense can be sputtering just a tad, but the defense is getting a lot better in large part because Jalen Ramsey is there, and he's back, and he's wonderful. Uh, But I also think that, okay, maybe the scale is uh, teetering just a little bit in terms of what the team's strength is for the Dolphins. And that's why I just feel like it's too many points, not to mention the backup quarterback situation where the spread, I think, is moving unnecessarily. Uh, But as far as props in a game like this, what stands out to you? Well, I've been seeing a ton this morning of people liking Tim Boyle over passing attempts. Is that kind of how you see this Jets offense operating is throwing the ball a ton versus handing it off to Brees Hall and letting him try and do the work? Um, question there, my my prop, I'm going to look towards um, Raheem Moster. That's assuming he plays was questionable earlier in the week, but mm-hmm. I think he's kind of been a really good option on the ground. Um for this Dolphins team lately. And uh, so most are who I'm looking for, but interested to get your take on Tim Boyle's passing attempts. Pass attempts. Uh, I probably think that's about right. Uh, only because if you believe that Miami is going to get off to a big lead, then game script is going to suggest that he will have to throw it a bit more just to keep up. But I actually have a different Tim Boyle prop that I really like. And I think you're going to back me up on this one. Tim Boyle's longest pass completion under 29 and a half yards at minus 110 on BetMGM. It's all going to be about the short game. There's not going to be that much yak. I trust this Dolphins defense to be able to contain whatever passing attack the Jets roll on out there. Uh, But I think his best completion uh, could be significantly under 29 and a half. But definitely, I think it will uh, go comfortably under that number and I won't be sweating it. Yeah, that seems very high, especially with Jalen Ramsey back in the secondary. Like, Miami's defense has only gotten better over the last couple of weeks. So, for him to have a big-time completion like that, 
is, is this this has to be his first career start has he started ever uh, in i believe i, mean, I, know he's I believe this is his first start yeah i believe right? it is yeah. um yeah and th- this isn't the the easiest of challenges uh for him all things considered right. uh the fact that they'll probably be taking away his deep shots and he'll have to be a little bit more methodical now look i mean those who don't start very much they tend to be more methodical anyway uh but still though i mean i think the pass rush uh, should be more than competent and Miami's pretty good at stuffing the run as well. Like Christian Wilkins has been great as far as that's concerned. So mm-hmm. I, I look at this and I get more and more impressed by the day with this Dolphins defense uh, to where I think Boyle's just going to have his hands full, regardless of however much experience he might have, uh, you know, in the NFL. But it, this is a tough challenge to have for him uh, in terms of trying to make things right for the Jets. And it's also nice to know that you say that I should not be sweating my under win total for the Jets that I placed at the start of the year. Under nine and a half, I believe, is what I had. So sounds like uh, you're okay for me there. Yeah, I don't think you should be sweating that one bit. And it doesn't <laughs> get much easier for the Jets going forward. I mean, their schedule coming up is still, what do we have? My, I guess Atlanta, Houston, and then Miami again. Like mm-hmm. they they have some games left to play this season, so I think you were just fine with that uh, win total. Ed, that was a a good call prior to Thank Aaron Rodgers going down. I, I I just knew that it was not going to work out. Like that offensive line is just abysmal. It, you know, it doesn't matter who's uh, at quarterback. Like no protection whatsoever. Okay, let's move on now to the Browns and the Broncos here. Denver one and a half point favorites uh, up in the Mile High City with a total of. 36. What do you like here, Kate? I kind of like the Browns here. Uh, I know John, um, in the last segment, he's going with the Broncos, laying the one and a half. I just have to imagine that there is some regression coming for Denver, who has looked impressive over the last couple of weeks. You know, three straight wins, four straight wins, rather. Kansas City, um, that was a big win, although Patrick Mahomes was sick in that game, so maybe a little caveat there. But beating Buffalo on the road, and then Minnesota last week, uh, I, the the Vikings were coming into that game with a lot of momentum, really hot. Uh, I just wonder, you know, a last-minute touchdown to win that game for the Broncos last week. Like, they've had a lot of things go their way lately uh, that's helped them win some of these games. So I just wonder if this is kind of the time that that changes a little and they kind of come back down to earth. Brown's defense, uh, they've limited opponents quite a bit this season. So I I think that they can slow down Russell Wilson and that passing game. My concern with the Browns is the same as, as John mentioned, is that their quarterback's, you know, first start on the road in um, the Mile High City with that altitude, that could be a little tricky um, Mm -hmm. for DTR. It certainly can be. And that's why like even an underplay is uh, more than comfortable for me here. And, you know, much as I love and admire and respect John Daigle, uh, I'm taking the other direction here. Uh, This is my alternate spread of the week. I'm taking Browns minus one and a half here in large part because I think it's the outside run game that's going to dictate the outcome because Denver has been dead last in success rate defending outside runs. And even though when you think of the Browns, you think of inside runs between the tackles, got to believe that Kevin Stefanski and company uh, can help adjust this offense just enough, uh, especially with an athletic quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson. Like let's, we not forget uh, that he can take off and he can run. And I think that athleticism could matter a great deal. Uh, I also feel like, why don't we bring back the jet sweep? 
why don't we have some receivers uh, in motion a little bit and maybe have them run to the outside? So uh, if I can ever find, say, like a prop with a receiver and their rushing yards for the Browns, that I think I'm probably going to like more than anything else, just because uh, as much as we may have been impressed by this Denver defense in terms of the improvement they've made since the start of the year, I still feel like that there are some significant deficiencies and defending outside runs might be the biggest one. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Yeah, I could get behind that. Uh, props in this one. Anything that stands out to you? I've been kind of scanning the board, and I'm not seeing a whole lot that I love. 
Yeah, there's some things I'd probably want to wait to to see if uh, something sort of jumps out. Uh, certainly, Cortland Sutton, anytime touchdown, I'm sure that's going to be a fairly popular one just because yeah. he's been so acrobatic uh, over the last few weeks. At the same time, though, this is a great Browns defense top to bottom. There are few, if any, weaknesses when it comes to uh, you know trying to run or pass against any one particular area. So in that respect, uh, to me, I don't even know if this is a props game outside of what I'm talking about in terms of a Browns receiver getting some rushing yards. Uh, but other than that, I think, you know, there may be some opportunities to play the under here or whichever spread you're more comfortable with. Other than that, there's probably not a whole lot else I would look at. Yeah, I feel like unders in Denver, too, have also, I'd have to check the numbers there, but have hit at a fairly high mm-hmm. rate just because that altitude, a lot of times teams do start off a little slow while they're catching their breath and, and all that. So, I mean, plus... The line's at 36 for a reason. It's expected to be very yes. low scoring. And that whenever I see mm-hmm. a number like that, like similar to Iowa each week when they're when their total is at like 25, those have all stayed under. Uh-huh. It's that low for a reason. I think sometimes the public is just scared to play a under like that because it is insanely low and we don't see that often. So um yeah, I'm with you. I like the Broncos and I like your look on the under. There you go. How about the Rams and the Cardinals here? Los Angeles, one and a half point favorites on the road. Total of 44 and a half. It is indoors. Kyler Murray is playing. So there are reasons to believe that we will see some points here. Might be a sharp total. Uh, But still, though, what do you like in this game? Yeah, I would. I like. I think I like the over in this one. I mean, a lot of times I feel like when the total is sitting around like a forty-four or forty-five, I feel like maybe the books don't quite know how to price that. And you have these quarterbacks that both have big arms. Matthew Stafford's going to be throwing the ball a ton, um, so I'm looking for points in this one. I'm not confident taking either of these teams really to cover this number um or I guess I'm not confident in which of these two teams are going to win this game but I do like the fact mm-hmm. that uh this total is fairly high and uh, that kind of matches the way I see this game going of more of a back and forth shootout rather than a big defensive battle that's you know slow low scoring something like that Trey McBride is in a great bounce back spot uh, after probably mm-hmm. underwhelming just a little bit last week. Uh, Hollywood Brown can also be a great receiver for Kyler Murray. And also, too, like he's getting his usual workload on the ground, roughly six to seven carries. That matters a great deal in terms of at least backing this Cardinals offense to do their part. We figure the Rams will because of those great receivers. I think the Cardinals can do their part as well. So definitely I love the over in that one. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, can the Chiefs right the ship with their offense? Our plays on Kansas City, Las Vegas, and much, much more right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you as we get back to the games. And let's start with the Chiefs and the Raiders. Kansas City, nine-point favorites on the road with a total of 42.5. Kate, the way that I am looking at this game is basically figuring out how much we trust this Chiefs offense. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is phenomenal. Andy Reid's phenomenal. That's fine. But the receivers, they've been a big question mark pretty much all season long. Can you trust this offense enough to cover what is a rather big spread? I don't know if you can, 
right? If they can't, if they can't score in the second half and they haven't at all in the last three games, 30, they've been outscored in the second half, 38 to zero, the last three games. Can you expect them to cover mm-hmm. a nine point spread? I don't, I, I mean, I would love, I, I want to bet the chiefs. I think they're a significantly better team, but they really haven't, like, what have they showed us lately that's proven that? I, I keep waiting for them to kind of get right and to get back to the team that we saw last year and a couple of years prior, but that just doesn't seem to be happening. So laying nine um, on the road when you can't score in the second half, that just seems like a problem. Now, it's the game that I'm going to bet the Raiders to cover this, that the Chiefs finally do figure it out and explode for 20, 21-something points in the second half. That seems like it's it would mm-hmm. be how that happens for me. But I think in this case, especially with uh, Aiden O'Connell, playing fairly well lately. I mean, he's gone over his passing prop in three of his four starts this year. This game is also in a dome, so you got to imagine that that will help uh, only, you know, help his passing yards and what he's able to do on that Raiders offense. So I'm leaning towards um, grabbing the points with Las Vegas against this Chiefs team. It's not just any dome, Kate. It's the Roomba, and that's really important in terms of handicapping a game like this. The Roomba effect the... has a very important uh, dealer. You got a Wait, Roomba uh, at your place? <laughs> oh, oh, that Roomba. Oh, the vacuum. No, I don't. I've always yeah, wanted vacuuming. one because I hate vacuuming. Is that what the dome is called? Yeah. The Roomba dome? Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it just here. looks like a Roomba. Yeah, it just looks like oh. one. Like, it's not actually... I thought you meant it's, yeah, like it's sponsored like, by Roomba. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it just looks like one. The, the pictures, you know, it's you know, cylindrical and it's black. And so you go, okay, well, it must be a really large carpet that they're still cleaning up underneath. I don't know. It's Vegas. Yeah. But do no, you have that's, a Roomba? that's all I meant. I do not. I do not. Uh, yeah. A lot of hardwood floors here. So the Roomba probably doesn't work out very well, but... Yeah, uh, I, I do have lots of Swiffers and mops. Uh, I do love those. <laughs> that, that, those are definitely I'm, my I might be buying like a um, wet vacuum on Black Friday. That might be my purchase, which just tells okay. you how old I am. That Black Friday, I'm thinking about buying a vacuum. That's not, what you're going to be doing instead of watching the Black Friday game. Exactly. Instead of that, you're going to be exactly. buying. Okay. That, that's yeah, fair. I won't be running the we'll under Black and then... Friday. I'll just be buying vacuums. Right. Right. No, that's fair. No, I mean, either either or the other. I think uh, it's exciting no matter how you look at it. Uh, This game is a stay away for me. uh, And I I think you have the nail on the head as far as why, because the red zone sputtering for the Chiefs, the drops, the fact that Andy Reid does get conservative in key fourth down spots. I think all of those things matter when it comes to trying to figure out if the Chiefs can cover a rather large number. And even if you don't necessarily trust this Raiders secondary, and many times I don't, I still think, though, that the Chiefs' conservatism, especially how often Pat Mahomes has been throwing behind the line of scrimmage, all of these things are adding up to me to where I go, okay, yeah, I think the Chiefs can reliably score 21 points in a game like this. It's not going to be much more than that. And do you believe that Aiden O'Connell to Devontae Adams can be a more than adequate connection to keep this game close? I do. And I love this Chiefs pass defense. I I think it's secondary is scrappy. It's young. It's talented. It's well coached. All those things are true. But at some point, Devontae Adams still has to be the guy, right? Like sometimes a receiver can be so transcendent that he can beat 
most defenses. And that's probably what's going to happen here, where Adams is going to be the one to at least keep this game interesting and captivating and probably uh, keeping the Raiders within nine here. Yeah, I would imagine. My only concern there is um, LeJarius Sneed's been pretty good recently. Held uh, A.J. Brown to one reception. Tyreek Hill, 62 yards. So maybe Adams has a little bit um, quieter game. But someone on the receiving mm-hmm. core for the Raiders is is bound to put up a big number. Also, um, sure. Mario just put in our chat, Jack Del Rio, fired. Out Whoa. at uh, Washington. A little breaking wow. news here. Okay, then. Yeah, right. Goodness Stop gracious. That. Yes. Uh, defensive coordinator for uh, the Commanders, Jack Del Rio, is out. Uh, something about giving up a ton of points to Dak Prescott and company. Who would have thought that? But, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's funny, too, because – Uh, The report yesterday was that they were going to make, you know, broad sweeping evaluations at the end of the season. Uh, But now Ron Rivera is going to be calling the defensive plays. So that will be interesting as far as uh, what that will look like down the stretch, uh, especially with the pass rushers they've traded away. Uh, But also, too, uh, maybe this is running counter to what we were expecting as far as letting the season play out and then figuring out what changes need to be made. Sounds like maybe this new ownership group is a little more impatient than we were expecting. Well, I feel like this is bad news for Ron Rivera because he is going to be calling Mm -hmm. the defensive plays. If things don't turn around pretty quickly, like his leash is already extremely short. Any missteps now being in charge of play calling, it's only going to expedite his, his departure, I think, even more. So it's not a great sign for Rivera to have his defensive coordinator get fired because it probably means that he is is next if things aren't mm-hmm. fixed quickly. Uh, I wonder if odds have moved at all on Rivera to be the first coach fired with this taking place this morning or how that's affecting that market. Right. Yeah, next coach fired. Uh, we'll do a little bit of digging and uh, probably circle back to that one uh, before the end of the show for sure. But uh, definitely I have to believe that uh, – that will move uh, at least a little bit uh, for Ron Rivera to be the next coach fired. Tell you what, let's uh, put this on hold. We'll come back to it. But in the meantime, let's get to the Bills and the Eagles. This line has moved a little bit. Uh, It is now Eagles minus three. Was three in the hook uh, earlier this week, but uh, that is where we stand right now. It is uh, Eagles minus three on BetMGM with a total of 48 and a half. What do you like here? I like, I hate that I like the Bills, but I do like the Bills. And and partially um, what we talked to John Daigle about is just the spot for Philly. They're coming off of a big up, upset win um, over the Chiefs on the road, you know, a Super Bowl rematch, big emotional game that all the players, you know, had all their focus on that entire week. Now they come back, they host a sputtering Bills team that has just looked completely underwhelming on this season. And then they turn around next week and they have Cowboys and 49ers. Those are two massive NFC games that will have huge implications. So is any spot that this Eagles team kind of lets their guard down a little this season, this is going to be it. And we've seen the line move in favor of the Bills from three and a half down to three. I don't have a ton of faith in Josh Allen and this Bills team, um, but they're kind of desperate for a strong performance and a bounce back win. Uh, they've the offensive line's done a really good job at protecting Josh Allen. I believe that they lead the league in sacks allowed, um, and then defensively, third in sacks per game. So, the Bills have to be the side that I take here. I don't love it, but I don't love the spot for Philly. 
Right. When the hook was there, I think it was fairly Mm -hmm. obvious uh, that the Bills were definitely the play there just because, like, Josh Allen has been playing well. Yes, the defense is certainly injured, and they are struggling to stop just about anybody. I get that. And with Josh Allen, yeah, some of the turnovers uh, have been bad, but I don't know how many of them are his fault. A lot of it is him, you know, dealing with receivers outside of Stephon Diggs, who we probably just don't trust very much, notably Gabe Davis and several others. But to me, this is something where, you know, Josh Allen still has a higher ceiling than most any quarterback in the National Football League. And you do have to trust that at the end of the day. Yeah, this Eagles defense uh, can be mighty scary, but at the same time, when you look at kind of what the Bills have to do to make the playoffs, they don't win games like these, right? Like the Eagles, right. you know, short week, fresh off an emotional win over Kansas City, all that stuff. But you got to win games like these. And if you are still clutching onto your priors that the Bills are going to make the playoffs, then this is probably one where you want to go all in and probably back the Bills on the money line. I am not exactly going to do that, but I still think at uh, Bills plus three, I think that's a more than comfortable look. Not to mention that the Eagles offensively have had to rearrange the you know, musical chairs, so to speak, uh, by not having Dallas Goddard out there. Uh, Going to four wide receiver personnel a good bit more. It's one of the reasons why A.J. Brown is kind of falling back down to reality. So that, to me, is also significant that at some point, dealing with four receivers out there on the field, some point I think that does take away from the overall efficiency uh, that Jalen Hurts and company could put together. Well, and we saw A.J. Brown kind of struggle last week. So maybe that continues yeah. um, again this weekend. It's, it's, yeah, you make some good points, Ed, with that uh, receiving core. I, I just, it's so ugly to want to back a Bills team that has been so up and down and just not what we expected this season. But if there is any time mm-hmm. for them to get the win, and maybe maybe taking them on the money line is is the way to go. You get a little bit more value there. If you think that they're going to stay mm-hmm. within uh, the spread, that's probably a better option is just to go with the money line. Maybe that's what I do in this one. No, I I think that's a good play in general. And when it comes to props in this game, one I want to get your opinion on, Josh Allen under 26 and a half rushing yards. I do wonder with Joe Brady being there that they try and rely on running backs to get the carries a little bit more, protect Josh Allen a little bit more, and then say, like, use the middle of the field with a passing game. Those are the priorities, not so much Josh Allen being a runner. Right. I feel like Josh Allen, when he goes over his rushing props, it's because he's forced to use his legs and have to scramble. He might not have to do that a whole lot against this Eagles team today. If you look at what he's done rushing-wise recently, what did you say his number was at for today? 26 and a half. Yeah, he hasn't gone over that in the last two. He had two games in which he did, but that was against uh, Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. Otherwise, he has not gone over this in one, two five, seven of his last nine. So I think that Mm -hmm. that is probably a a good play to look at. Maybe look at an interception for him as well, though. Might throw that in there. Okay. Just because (laughs) you don't trust receivers. They'll bounce off of of their hands or something like that. Yeah. You feel sorry for Josh Allen at some point. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we transition to college football. Which bets for rivalry week will mid-major Matt be placing? We'll go over his card right here on the BetQL Network.